a month. What a bad way to start Kokomo Friday, but we do have some juicy trades to talk about. Some excellent starting uh, starting pitching performances. Why is Kyle Gibson only 69% owned? Welcome to the show. This is Fantasy Baseball Today. And fellas, I'm excited to talk about something that we never really talk about. Upcoming schedules and who has good playoff schedules. Are you excited? I I thought you meant Greg Bird. No, I'm not. No. Are you excited to talk about playoff schedules? Yes, I yeah, love it. it. Absolutely. It's Good. the time. Are we all going to be in the playoffs in a lot of our leagues? Uh, well. I mean, uh, you know I only ask that because my answer is yes. So yeah, you're I in. So. I think so, yeah. I'm in the editorial playoffs. I think I'm going to make it in the dynasty playoffs that we're in. My home league. Kreeth is going to make it, right? Kreeth is probably going to make it. We've sputtered a little bit. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah, scam is not going to make it, but uh, I think I'm I'm in three other head-to-head leagues, and I have a good chance to make the playoffs in all three. You're uh you're leading our division in the podcast list. Yeah, well, we have now. the worst division ever, so <laughs> any of us could win with our crappy teams. Uh, but yeah, we we have a chance. The podcast league this year has been uh, like just a lot of seven and seven, eight eight and seven. It's been a lot of uh. 500-ish teams, so can it's I, a free-for-all. Can I make a confession? Because I often talk about my teams that are doing really, really well, and I, I just gloss over the teams that aren't, because that's me. I've never made the playoffs in our podcast listeners league. And I, I've only mi- I think I've only missed it once, so that's usually a good league for me. This is one of my worst teams, but I can blame Chris Bryant. You weren't here. That. What do you mean? For last week. When? Chris Towers did <laughs> not set a lineup in the podcast oh, listeners Oh, yeah, that's... Pathetic. Look. All right, let's let's move on. Let's move on. We got to do better than that. Aaron Judge. So originally, I, I read. Every, I think everybody read out three weeks with a chip fracture in his right wrist. Uh, but just reading the New York Post this morning, they they say he'll likely miss at least a month. He won't be able to do baseball swinging or swinging in a game or something for three weeks. Yeah, that was the the report was he was going to be reevaluated in three weeks. You never see reevaluated in three weeks and then you go to the doctor and it's like, all right, you're playing in baseball games today. Yeah, There's always so going to be stinks. a ramp up period. Okay, well, Yankees will be without Sanchez and Judge for the next month, which could influence how we think about them as a matchup, but what do the Aaron Judge owners do right now? They need outfielders. They can't have Jesse Winker. He's out for the year, by the way, with shoulder surgery. So what do we do? I have two for you that I just wrote about in waiver wire. One of them is a guy I've had a hard time coming back around on because I was so excited about him as a sleeper at the beginning of the year, and he was miserable until June. That's Cole Calhoun, and he's on fire in Fuego. I believe he has a 965 OPS since he came back from the disabled list, 10 home runs and seven doubles. He's just crushing the ball. He's leading off against right-handed pitchers and playing against lefties because he's a better option against lefties than Shohei Otani is. Well, unfortunately, he's batting 113 this year against lefties, but I'm not sure it matters with how good he's been. Cole Calhoun against righties. The last 28 days, Cole Calhoun is the number 13 outfielder in points, number 8 in roto. He's batting 266 with eight home runs and one steal, which I believe he got yesterday. Uh, we actually got an email from Brian who said, can you talk about Cole Calhoun? He changed his batting stance, and that is true. He did change his batting stance. Mike Soch is very excited about it. The results have been good. So that is one guy that Heath says go out and get if you are the Aaron Judge owner. And you might be able to do a little better than that because that's he's only 32% owned. I'm sure there are some, like, 70%, 80% owned outfielders that we'd like better, but uh, but that's for shallower leagues. Right. And then, the, and then in deeper leagues, he's also on your double-dong list, Nick Williams has been very good for about a month and a half now. And if you look at his career, he's played about 170 games in the major leagues. He has an OPS over 800. He's got acceptable plate discipline. Not good, but acceptable. He's got acceptable batted ball data. I think in a five outfielder league, 
you could do a lot worse than Nick Williams. And he's having a very un-Nick Williams stretch here in July. Um, hitting 333 with a 357 Babbitt. That happens. But he's only struck out 14 times in 85 plate appearances. And he's walked nine times. The previous three months of the season, he had never walked more than five times in a month. So, you know, he's he's playing really well right now. I don't know if he can sustain it. This is a guy who has never really had great plate discipline, um, you know, especially when it comes to drawing walks. But he's he's playing right now, and you know, he played 177 games in the majors. He has an 800 and an 806 OPS, really? 26 home runs. Uh, yes, he did just say that. I uh, said those exact words. Uh, you gotta keep he an eye on, uh, seven games the other day. <laughs> gotta, I was, I was looking at other things, Heath. You gotta keep an eye on Eloy Jimenez. He might get called up soon. Steven Piscotty, 67% owned. Like, would you rather have Steven Piscotty than Cole Calhoun? Or is that, is that Ooh. pretty close, I bet? Yeah, I think I'd rather have Calhoun. Yeah. I think I'd rather have Piscotty. I mean, Calhoun hit, is hitting higher in the lineup, but I think Piscotty's just a better hitter. And this doesn't necessarily have to be an Aaron Judge replacement uh, segment here. We can just talk about these outfielders that are relevant. Uh, you've got Avi Garcia, who hit another home run, and it just his plate discipline is beyond terrible. He never hit home runs like this. I mean, last year he had a great batting average. He had 18 home runs. Uh, he's on a crazy home run pace right now, so I don't get it with Garcia. But now let's compare Avi Garcia to Piscotti and Cole Calhoun. Um... I would take Calhoun over Avisel Garcia, and that that might be to my detriment because I didn't believe in Avisel Garcia last year, and I still don't believe in him this year. Yeah, I mean, I believe in certain things about Avisel Garcia. I do believe he exists and plays for the White Sox, and I think he's a slightly above average hitter. But, like, last year we all know wasn't real. So, and he doesn't walk at all. I would rather have Cole Calhoun. Okay. There's also Jake Bowers, 57% owned. Well, obviously Jake Bowers over everything. He's a good one. Uh, J-B-O-E. Um, uh, yeah, that you, you should be able to find a serviceable outfielder. Max Kepler's hitting pretty well lately. He's 36% owned. So those are some options for you. Jesse Winker out for the season, as I mentioned. So that clears up their log jam. Although, Scott Shebler's on the DL too. So, uh, I forgot about that. So. He's coming back. He, um, Began his rehab assignment on Wednesday. There was some thought that he may not need a rehab assignment, but I would expect he'll be back by the beginning of next week. I, do, I did see an update from CBS Sports from yesterday that he has started his rehab assignment, but only as a designated hitter. He's not throwing in the minors yet, so that's weird. Because okay. I thought he was pretty close to being back. So Yeah, I mean, from what I understood, the... The expectation was that he was going to be back on Wednesday in the majors, and so... Yeah, Scheffler has a shoulder injury and has not yep. thrown yet. Uh, and Chris Bryant on the DL with a, with shoulder inflammation, and Nick Williams in his career has a, an OPS over 800. Just everybody. In 177, 177 games. 177 games, 22 <laughs> home runs. But by, by the way, that, do that. that does happen a lot where people, I, I mean, I do it, I start looking things up, I don't pay attention to, specifically Heath, I'd say, it, like, because I always pay attention to what Chris says and writes. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, you, you end up repeating things. So I forgive you, Chris. Favorite two-star pitcher for Fantasy Week 19? Uh, you know, a guy that might be available as a free agent. Favorite two-star pitcher for ni- Week 19? We usually go 70% or below, right? Or 75% yeah. or below? I'd say 70. Okay, so because there's two pretty good ones at 75% in Annabelle Sanchez, who has the Marlins and Mets, and Shane Bieber, who has the Twins and Angels, although Shane Bieber coming off. Uh, a couple of pretty bad outings. It's not a great week. I mean, Dan Straley has been pitching well lately, but he's got the Braves and Phillies. Yeah. That, what maybe, about? Go ahead. Maybe Matthew Boyd. No. What about Tanner Roark? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I, I had scrolled past him. Yeah. Roark sixty-eight yeah. percent owned. Yeah. He and it, his his ownership's only gone up. You know a couple of points since that huge start. So that's surprising. Yeah, he's probably the top one under 70%. But go ahead, Heath. What is, well, and I struggle a little bit with the uh, two-start thing, especially when it comes to the Dodgers. And he's 86% owned, so it doesn't matter. Walker Bueller is a two-start pitcher next week, I think. He is, Right matter. now he is scheduled to be a two-start pitcher, yeah. Milwaukee and Houston. Um, 
Yeah, it's not a great week. So Irvin Santana does get Cleveland at home, but he also gets the Royals at home. So he's 62% owned. And then, yeah, the two guys that Chris mentioned, 75% owned. Anibal Sanchez, great matchups with the Mets and Marlins. Shane Bieber at Minnesota, home against the Angels. We'll talk more about two-star pitchers, but I don't know how much more we have to talk about them because it's just not a great week for two-star pitchers. Uh, so let's talk about trades instead. The Yankees acquired Jay Happ from Toronto for Brandon Drury and outfielder Billy McKinney. Uh, they like Hap's career numbers against Boston. He's 7-4 and four with a 298 ERA. He is currently the number 12, actually as of yesterday, the number 28 starting pitcher in points leagues, Jay Hap. Value up down to the same for Hap. I think it's mostly the same. Yeah. I don't, and I don't have, I'm not looking at the numbers right now, but I don't know that there's a huge difference for a left-handed pitcher pitching at Yankee Stadium versus pitching at the Rogers Center. Assuming that's what they still call it. Um, so I, I think it's pretty close to the same in terms of environment. He's in the same division. The Yankees will win more games than the Blue Jays, so maybe a slight boost, if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he doesn't have to face the Yankees now. He'll get to face the Blue Jays instead. That's not a bad thing. Is He's also been exceptional against the Red Sox over the last like four seasons, I think, for whatever that's worth. Um, Really? <laughs> You're joking, right? No. You're doing a thing. Did you, did you say that? Adam said it. He gave his, his stats against the Red Sox and cited it as one of the reasons the Yankees may have acquired him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. It's the chair. Yeah. It's Coco We got new chairs it's in the fine. office and it's, it's just fine. throwing me off entirely. So what about, uh, Brandon Drury and Billy McKinney, but specifically Drury and, you know, the Yankees had some hopes for him, but I guess not, not that many hopes. Will he play? You know, the, I could see him being like a Jan Hervis Salarte type player. Uh, what do you guys think about Drury? I I agree with that. Unfortunately, they have a Jan Hervis Salarte <laughs> type do. player. They do. Is he going to play? Do we know? I don't. That's what I. That's what I'm not sure of. Yeah, he he's healthy right now, right? He is healthy. Yeah, I just I don't know if, if he has a spot. He, he's a versatile guy. Is he an AL only or a deep mixed league pickup, Brandon Drury? I think he could become mixed league viable. Um, there are some people who really, really like Brandon Jury. I'm not sure I buy it, but he does have prospect pedigree, and he is someone who, before this season, there was a lot of talk about him changing his swing, and he has an 850 OPS in AAA this season. So, you know, really good plate discipline, which has been a, not a strength of his. So maybe he's developing into something more. I just wonder if he's done some work to work on his plate discipline because his in the minor leagues, his plate discipline has looked a lot better than it ever has before. <laughs> okay, moving on. Next trade. <clears throat> Have the Cubs officially acquired Cole Hamels yet? I've still seen it reported as reports and not officially. I think it's been reported. Yes. Cole Hamels has uh been so much better on the road. He has a 293 road ERA, a 641 home ERA. I got if I don't own any Cole Hamels, but I I think he's basically hands off right now the way he has been pitching. 137 whip, 472 ERA. I mean, quite frankly, I probably wouldn't even want to own him. But does this change things for Cole Hamels? Well, you must in any NL only league go put a big bid on him. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. It was interesting because Scott tweeted out last night, and it's not just the ERA. At home, he has a 1-5-1 whip, only eight strikeouts per nine innings, and 2.4 home runs per nine innings. On the road, he's striking out almost 10 batters per nine innings. Of course, the weird thing is he's got a 3-12 bad bip against at home, 277 on the road. 68% strand rate at home, 77% on the road. I don't know how much of the split is the park. And how much of it is just some weird things with he's had better luck on the road? I mean, yeah, he, he's pitched better on the road. He has not enough to make up for a 641 to a 293. Right. And he has a 418 FIP. So I don't want to make it sound like Cole Hamels has been good on the road. He's been maybe more of a league average starter and I would guess that's what he'll be moving. This is a slight boost because he gets to pitch to pitchers sometimes. Cole Hamels or Jay Happ, rest of the season? I'll go Happ. I'll go Happ. Cole Hamels or Shane Bieber? Uh, I might go Hamels. I think Bieber has more upside. 
Cole Hamels or Derek Rodriguez? We were talking before the show that Derek Rodriguez needs more needs more love. I started him. We said sit him yesterday. I started I didn't. him. Don't put that evil on me. In so your face. I want to make sure that I understand correctly. You told all of our listeners you not told, to start him. You told all of our listeners not to start him. And I did I, some research and I saw the Brewers were 15th in OPS against righties. And it was a home game for Derek Rodriguez. And I wanted, I just wanted to start him. I wanted to have fun and have it something invest, some investment last night. So I started Derek Rodriguez and he pitched well. Yeah. I think I was Chris listening when you asked me whether to start Derek Rodriguez. <laughs> I, I thought we said no, but he does deserve a little bit more love. The strikeout rate's not great. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Well, he's, uh, we'll get to him. Derek Rodriguez is like 50 something percent owned. Um, alright, moving on. Uh, the Brewers acquired Joaquin Soria from the White Sox. Who do we want in the White Sox bullpen now? It has to be Jace Fry. And I don't know that the White Sox agree with that, but I don't, there's no, there's no other good options. I believe he is the only relief pitcher that is on their active roster that has thrown at least 20 innings and has the ERA below four. Yikes. He had 11 Jace strikeouts Fry. per nine. His FIP is actually like 2.3 or something. So it looks like he's even been better than his ERA. I, I think it has to be Jace Fry. Atlanta acquired Johnny Venters from Tampa Bay. The Rangers are shopping Keone Kella. Jose LeClerc got a save chance two nights ago. And the Astros acquired Martin Maldonado for some defensive help. Defensive catcher got him from the Angels. All right, moving on to Thursday's games. I, I'm very excited to talk about schedules. We'll get to that in a second. Also, I'm going to ask you, Bryce Harper or Juan Soto, rest of season. And then when you say Bryce Harper, I'm going to question you on it. We're going to give you a quick prospects update, even though Scott is not here today. Let's do Thursday standouts. Chris Towers, nominate a standout. It's your turn to nominate a player. Uh, I was looking at something else. I'm sorry. He's coming. What is wrong turn. with you? It's the chairs. <laughs> the cha- okay, so I, I think that the two, really, I'm going to go ahead and say, can we do Derek Rodriguez now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think the two best hitter standouts we've already talked about, it's Nick Williams and Cole Calhoun. I understand why Derek Rodriguez is not universally owned because he doesn't have really a lot of upside because of those strikeouts. But he has five consecutive quality starts now. And he has very good control. He pitches deep into games. He pitches in a good pitcher's park. I think Derek Rodriguez should be probably closer to like 75% owned. And right now, Derek Rodriguez is 54% owned. He has a 275 ERA, 115 whip. And, you know, so it's 47 strikeouts and 59 innings. In his last seven appearances, six of them starts, he's basically been at a strikeout per inning in, in all but one of those. He had a six and two-thirds inning, one strikeout game against St. Louis. That's kind of dragging it down. And and if you want to just play the matchups, play week to week at this point, you're just trying to win a week, get into the playoffs. Derek Rodriguez is at the Padres next week. So 54% owned could be a good guy to add. I watched him last night because I just wanted to see, you know, I was, like I said, I was invested. There's really nothing. You don't want, you don't look at Derek Rodriguez and be like, oh, damn, he's nasty or anything like that. But there's I, not a lot of upside, no. That doesn't mean he can't be good. Yeah. Especially in that park. Uh, like, would you rather have Kingham or, or, uh, Rodriguez? I'm moving Rodriguez ahead of him. I think that's okay. Alright, but if, if Rodriguez is a pitcher standout, he's, he's gotta be second behind Kyle Gibson, right? Eight innings, one run, seven strikeouts, 120 pitches, 17 swinging strikes at Boston. He is the number 31 starting pitcher in points leagues. Kyle Gibson is 69% owned. He has had two good starts against Boston, six scoreless innings with 10 strikeouts at the Yankees. Two good starts against Cleveland, who he gets next week. Actually, he's tripped up a little bit on the easier matchups at times. But Kyle Gibson is 69% owned. What are your thoughts? People are too caught up on what Kyle Gibson was before uh, really about a year ago. He's been doing this since the start of the All-Star break last year. He's, his last 32 starts over the last calendar year, he's 11-9 and with a 3.46 ERA. He's done 192 in the third innings, 185 strikeouts, 1.22 whip. He's been good. He hasn't been an ace, but he's been good. And I think he is pretty good. Um, and I think he deserves more, more love than he, like 69% owned. 
was too low before this start, and it should have been too low, and it, it will be too low moving forward. He's got a reverse Cole Hamels. Hmm. People God, are more excited about Cole Hamels because his name's Cole Hamels. Yeah. Sure. Who would you rather own, Gibson or Hamels? Oh, Gibson oh, without question. Yeah, for me. easily. Gibson or Sean Newcomb? Chris. Gibson <laughs> is more useful. <laughs> and at this point in the season, that probably matters more than chasing upside. I would rather have Sean Newcomb. I tried to make a trade for Sean Newcomb last night, but Chris uh, oh. wouldn't, wouldn't negotiate. I, I fell asleep. <laughs> it was the chair. Too comfortable. He just fell yeah. asleep. All right, Chris, this is your last chance. you have any Thursday standouts? I have a couple of Thursday standouts, Adam. Okay. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I'm guessing welcome. they are Derek Rodriguez and Kyle Gibson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't know if you guys heard. No. Um, all right. Ahmed Rosario has turned things around and looked more like the player that we were hoping he would be in the month of July. Um, cut his strikeout rate, 11 strikeouts and 69 plate appearances, four stolen bases, hitting 270. I think he could have a nice second half, especially as a speed uh, guy. I think, you know, you look at the the next two months, if he stole 12 bases and hit 280, that wouldn't surprise me. And that's a valuable player and someone that I think we should probably be more excited about. And he's led off the last five games, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote about him today as well. I think in, in categories leagues where you need a middle infielder, he could be a three-category contributor. Ahmed Rosario, good call. 26% owned. Two, only eight steals this year in 96 games, but two of them in his last five games. And the leading off thing is huge. Just want to note that Ronald Acuna is also leading off lately, which and he's playing very well. And that is yep. leading me toward dropping Ender Inciarte in a three-outfielder league. I think that's fine. A quick aside. Who's your other standout, Chris? Uh, so I have a couple. One who didn't have a great statistical game, Garrett Hampson, only had one hit yesterday. Uh, I think it went one for three. But there was one thing I noticed in the StatCast data, which was that he hit a triple yesterday and had a max sprint speed of 29.5 feet per second. That's not quite elite, but it would be about the 15th highest um, average sprint speed in baseball, and that's just highlighting what we talked about the other day when he got called up, which is that this guy has really, really good speed. He's a great base stealer. Uh, hasn't attempted a stolen base yet, but he's someone who has, I think, quite a bit of upside playing in course Field. What do you think your average sprint speed is? Slow. Seven? Um, On a scale of one to ten? No, miles per hour. Oh no, I I could I could get to ten miles per hour. I might trip. Uh but I, I'll reach double digits when I get humming. There's a lot of momentum. It takes me a while to get going. But once I do, you know, the second law of physics is just caring. I feel like sprint speed might be the one thing where Adam might be at the top of the podcast. Uh yeah, I, I'm not bad. I was I, I I could get down the line when I was playing kickball back in the day. I I just have this image in my head of Adam running like he's never run before, and I don't know if that's fair. Oh, his arms would be going side to side. Yeah, that's what I'm that's No, what I'm, I, I'm a much more graceful athlete than you guys <laughs> might think, believe it or not. I feel like, that, do you have long arms? I there's No, I have long nothing. Okay. I'm a very short, right. short person. Um, Rich Hill is a standout to me. 86% owned Rich Hill, seven scoreless innings, eight strikeouts at the Braves. Since coming off the DL on my birthday, June 19th, Rich Hill has a 247 ERA, 52 strikeouts to 12 walks in 43 and two-thirds. He made a slight change in his delivery that has improved his curveball. Is Rich Hill back? No, he's Rich Hill. What does that mean? This is what Rich Hill does. Remember, he he was awful at the beginning of last season, too. This is what Rich Hill does. So he's back. So he's back. If Rich Hill starts, I start Rich Hill. That's how I feel about it right now. Yeah. Double dongs from yesterday. Jose Abreu. Good job, Jose Abreu. Two home runs. You are now the ele- the number 11 first baseman in points, number 13 in roto. Daniel Palka, 4% owned, two home runs. Got seven homers in July. Uh Reese Hoskins. Oh, my goodness. Reese Hoskins is red hot. Six homers in his last six games. Michael Franco and Nick Williams, who has an OPS over 800 in his career, which is just 100 and something games. I don't remember. Uh, so actually it was only two teams that gave us five players who hit two home runs yesterday. The White Sox and Phillies. Abreu, Palka, Hoskins, Franco, Nick Williams. 
other than Nick Williams, is there anything you guys would like to highlight here? Michael Franco has been pretty good. Um, we talked about that earlier in the week, I think, and I'm not sure if I buy it. He's a weird player. Uh, the batted ball data does not suggest that he has the kind of raw power that we still, the scouting reports still think and that he shows from time to time. To repeat what we said earlier this week, I think he's just inconsistent, but when he's locked in, he's pretty useful. Over the course of the season, Michael Franco is the number 27 third baseman in points, number 22 in Roto. So he just hasn't been that usable, but right now he's hot. Second uh, two-homer game in his last four games, 64% and I think own. that's probably a playing time thing. Um, he's come off the bench quite a bit, so he's appeared in 91 games, but I would guess he's only started. He started 79, so he's well below, but... He's an 807 OPS for the season all of a sudden, and he's starting to look like the guy that we hoped he would be. And, you know, you put his current stats over a full season, and it's 34 homers, 104 RBI. He's a victim of the Scott Kingery experiment. Yeah, a little bit. Anything else, guys? Hoskins? Uh, Steven Matz? Uh, oh, sorry. Steven Matz did not have a double dong. He did not have a double dong. You were talking specifically just about double dongs, not any other standouts. Yeah, I think that means we're done with the double dongs. Okay. So we want you to go to podcastawards.com. It's only up till the end of the month, so you're running out of time. And please nominate uh, Fantasy Baseball Today or Fantasy Football Today, both the Sports and Recreation categories, uh, category and the People's Choice category. Help us out, podcastawards.com. Sign up for a fantasy football league at cbssports.com slash FFT. These are the best leagues, the best place to play fantasy football. You're playing fantasy baseball, hopefully, on CBS. Fantasy football is just as good. It's great for Dynasty. The in-app commissioner tools have been even better. Um, so cbssports.com slash FFT. And if you want our baseball newsletter, cbssports.com slash FBT Daily. All right, what's going on with the top prospects, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Eloy Jimenez? Are we going to see them? I'm still of the opinion that we're not going to see Vladimir Guerrero this season. I would expect we see Eloy Jimenez pretty soon, maybe by the end of this month, now that he's back from the DL. But Vlad Guerrero, I just... If he was going to be up, he would have been up. And the fact that he's not tells me that they don't want to call him up yet, and that... That makes sense given the incentive structure that the Toronto Blue Jays have. They have no reason to call him up. Right. What about Jimenez? I, you said you might, he might be up by the end of the month. You mean like by the end of July? Four days? No. No, I think. Did I miss it? Shortly miss after the end of July. I think shortly after the, the, the trade deadline, I think we'll see Aloy Jimenez. Maybe in August. He's really destroying it. He's got a 950 OPS. And pretty yeah. pretty good plate discipline, one walk for every two strikeouts. And like 80-grade power, you know, raw power. He is one of the best power prospects in baseball. Um, and he's started to improve his plate discipline this season. So I, I think he's ready. It's just a question. You know, Scott White wrote in his uh, prospects report, this is the first time he's had Elo Jimenez or anyone except Ronald Acuna above Vladimir Guerrero as the top stash. And... He noted that Rick Renteria was kind of giving some uh, mealy-mouthed comments about, well, he's got to work on his defense, which that means they're going to call him up. Anytime the manager of a major league team starts talking about a prospect's defense, that means they're just looking for an excuse to not call him up. He'll be <laughs> up soon. What? Why can't it mean that they actually have to work on their defense? That's part because of the game. Because it doesn't. Because it doesn't. You can work on your defense in the majors – his defense being bad in the Chicago White Sox outfield is not going to cost them anything. It's the same thing with Vladimir Guerrero. That's not the same. Like, if, they, I, if there were no financial incentive to keep him down, they would have called him up because the coaches are better in the majors. And if they're not, what are you doing? Well, the coaches in the minors are designed to teach. The yeah. coaches in the majors are designed that's to teach. Not, that's not true. Yeah, I don't know that it's fair to, to tell your starting pitchers, hey, we're putting this guy behind you, you can't play any defense. Oh, we, Weep for Dylan Cease. I, okay. I am looking forward to using mealy mouths in the future. Like, like, okay, you know, yeah, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. Water for these moving guys. On, they're, they're, on, it's obvious what on, they're doing. Moving on, moving on. Hey, real quick, Bryce Harper or Juan Soto? Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Obviously, there's nothing you could say. <laughs> oh, really? Well, since Juan Soto's promotion. 
his debut on May 20th. He's the number seven outfielder in points leagues, number 13 in Roto. He has a 975 OPS. In that same time span, Bryce Harper is not even a top 30 outfielder. Soto's seventh in points, 13th in Roto. Harper is outside the top 30 since the promotion of Juan Soto. There's nothing not to like about Juan Soto. Why should I take this overrated, overhyped, soon-to-be-overpaid Bryce Harper over the wonderful Juan Soto? Oh, because he's going to be on the Yankees next year. Oh, I forgot about that. Maybe um, I should trade for him right now. For the This month. is a really interesting dynamic that's at play with Bryce Harper, and it's starting to feel like 2016. Again, where he got off to a really good start and we're like, yes, Bryce Harper's good. And then it was like, well, he's still good, but he's had some bad luck. He had a 194 BABIP in May, 219 in April and March. BABIP's kind of normalized in June and July. It's still low, 275 and 273 over the last two months. He just isn't hitting for power. And he's striking out a ton. He has struck out 31 times in 85 plate appearances in the month of July. And, um, I don't know. It's So tell me why. Why Harper over Soto? And I would take Harper over Soto too. But I don't, I don't know why. I mean, may, maybe you shouldn't. It just feels stupid to say that. I mean, the what thing I, is with Harper, we, say, we know that Harper, when he gets hot, he's, he's arguably the best player in baseball. And we, we've seen him be the best hitter in baseball. Yeah. Um, but it's, Happened once. There was another season where he was in the discussion, and beyond that, his career's been good, but not great. And it's it's a more fair question than it seems. I think there's a more interesting Juan Soto question, though. Or Ronald Acuna? Yes. Like both I, the rest of the season and long term. I've Who's had a better ranked, fantasy prospect. I've had him ranked ahead of Ronald Acuna since about a week after he came up. I so. think Ronald Acuna has a better fantasy upside. If he becomes that 30-30 guy, but I, I also Juan want to say Soto is so good. Like there are just no flaws in his game. It's incredible. It, it does look like possibly the home run derby helped Bryce Harper. He does have <laughs> two home runs and a double since the home run derby. That's great. And a 948 OPS and he's stolen two bases. So oh, wow. That is great. The, the hot streak may be coming. I hope so. Um, yeah, now, so who would you rather have in a long-term keeper league, Acuna or Soto? Acuna has more fantasy upside, and he also has a much more glaring weakness. Juan Soto, like, his plate discipline is like... Just give like, me an answer. He's like Soto! A, just say yeah. a name. Soto. I've said both names. Soto. Soto, thank you. Uh, Chris, you don't even get the answer. You're done. Chris, get get your you know what? You need to grow up, Chris. You need to grow up. You need to get yourself something something legit. Get yourself an Indochino suit, man. They're so inexpensive. $379. That might sound like a lot, but for a premium made-to-measure suit that fits you perfectly that you get to design every inch of, that's going to be, you know, customized for you. 379 is actually great. I know people would pay 800, 1000 more. For a custom suit. Indochino, I got an Indochino suit and I love it. I, I look forward to every opportunity I have to wear it. If you want that discount, a 50% off discount, you need to go to Indochino.com and enter FBT at checkout. I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com and put in the code FBT at checkout for 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Also, free shipping. You can go to a showroom for Indochino or you can do it all online at Indochino.com. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear company. It's been featured in GQ, Forbes, and Fast Company. There are suits. There are shirts. They're made to your exact measurements for a great fit. And it's kind of the thing that I didn't really understand the appeal of a custom suit until I got my Indochino suit, and I just absolutely love it. So if you want a premium suit for $379, that's 50% off and free shipping, go to Indochino.com and enter FBT at checkout. An incredible deal for a suit that will fit you better than anything off the rack ever could. All right. I did a lot of, uh, a lot of fun research for this one. For our email of the day, it's from Trent. Could you please do a segment for those of us prepping for the postseason? Looking for players whose value in the last month of the season will be significantly higher than their value in the season leading up to this point, whether due to injury, underperformance so far, etc. Gary Sanchez might be an obvious one, but you get the point. Maybe also add players who will be 
less valuable in the playoffs, like a pitcher who has an innings limit. So let's prep people for the stretch run of their season, the, the let's say the last month or two, which is coming up, but really the last month. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I've taken this email off the rails. Let's prep people, though, for the future and look at good schedules, look at innings limits, things like that. Who comes to mind for you as players that can gain or lose value? Um. All right, so innings limits – that's a tricky one because we don't necessarily there's no we say limits but we don't actually know. Um I could see Andrew Suarez being limited. He threw 156 innings last season. Maybe, you know, he's starting to get to you know the 130 inning mark, so maybe he gets stopped uh and he's been pretty interesting. I wonder if we could see something similar for Luke Weaver who only threw 138 innings last season. Um Carlos Rodon, do we think there's an innings limit for him? He only threw 86 innings last season. But I don't think he's thrown very many yet this year. That's fair. He's he's at about, I think, 60, 65 between the majors and the minors. I would guess they don't want to go over 120 with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's at 63 and a third right now. Including the minors? Yeah. Okay. A 68 yeah. and a third. I said a guy so, yesterday, uh, Walker Bueller. Yeah, Walker Bueller only threw, I think his career high is 98. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know that he's gonna really exceed it, but they just have so many guys that they could easily mm-hmm. remove Walker Bueller from the rotation. Yeah. So that, that yeah, was the guy that came to mind. Uh, uh, Freddie Peralta only threw 120 innings last season. He's already up to about 100. He, let me give uh, you another guy that you, you, uh, actually put in my head when you said Andrew Suarez. What about Andrew Heaney? Andrew Heaney has 108 and a third innings. So far, he's been really injured throughout his career. He, you know, he's going to eclipse his career highs, and they're pretty much out of it. That's the Tommy John guys are always tough because, like, Andrew Heaney in 2014 threw about 165 innings uh, between the majors and the minors, and he's at 114 so far this season. If they go by what his previous career high was, he's got a lot left. If they go by what he threw last season, which was 49 and a third, he's well past that. It's really tough to say with Tommy John guys. And you could say the same thing for Tyler Skeggs, who threw 95 innings last year, yeah. is already up to 110 and hasn't had more than 116 innings since 2013. Yeah, so I think it's a little inconclusive there, right? All right, so... Unless you guys have more, like, really juicy names, I'd like to move on and talk about schedules. Yeah, I, I already looked at the schedule just a little bit, and the first name that popped out to me was Madison Bumgarner. Oh, what about him? Their schedule in August and September has a lot of pod race. It has six games, I believe, with the Mets. It's got a lot of – the Rangers come to San Francisco. They're not a very good lineup when they get to use a designated hitter, much less when they don't. I think Madison Bumgarner should have some pretty juicy matchups in the fantasy playoffs. You want to hear something that's going to make you sick? Sure. I just want to say that I am not really a Sonny Gray believer. I have started him three straight times because he has faced Baltimore, Kansas City, and who's the other one? Detroit or something like that? The Mets. Um, I only will start Sonny Gray when he has like an amazing matchup. If he stays on his turn and pitches every five games, Sonny Gray has almost nothing but amazing matchups rest of season. Orioles at the White Sox, Rangers, Rays at the Marlins, at the Orioles, and Detroit. He got hit by a comebacker yesterday. He's expected to make his next start. Uh, I can't believe it. He's basically a two-pitch pitcher now. He's just throwing his fastball and his curveball, and I don't like that. Uh, I don't buy what he's done the last three starts. Slider's supposed to be his best pitch. He's gone back to uh, he's gone back to the drawing board and just the pitches he's comfortable with. And yeah, I, I, not a Sonny Gray believer. I'm really not, but I can't believe the upcoming schedule. Now, if he gets off turn even a little bit, like he'll face the Red Sox next week, but there's a chance that Sonny Gray's got great matchups going forward. All right. Um, yeah, looking at that schedule, I think I'd start him in all of those games except for Texas and Tampa at home. Mm-hmm. Here's one that depends on when your league finishes because the Rockies have uh 33 of their next of their final no the what's the they, they have five more home games than road games remaining whatever the specific number i think it's 30 33 versus 28 um 
But they close out with seven straight games at home. If your season finishes before then, they close out with nine straight games on the road. So it really just depends. Like if your season ends in the middle of September, they've got a ton of home games left. And that might be an opportunity to, you know, go add Carlos Gonzalez, who's been really good at home. Yeah. It might be an opportunity to go add Garrett Sampson. Um, it just, it really does depend on when your season ends because things could be really good for them. And buy high on Trevor Story or something like that. Sure. Um, Cleveland has an unbelievable schedule. They're, beginning on August 24th, uh, their last, <clears throat> no, that can't be right. Maybe it's beginning even sooner than that. Their last 11 series, eight of them are against teams in the bottom 10 and run scored. So the Indians, you're talking the Royals, Twins, Twins are okay, Rays, Royals, at the Blue Jays, at the Rays, Detroit, the White Sox, the Red Sox, at the White Sox, at the Royals. I mean, you could not, I, I would love to own Indians pitchers going down the stretch. Well, and the thing about those teams is it's not like you just named a bunch of teams with great pitching staffs. Sure. What do you mean? I think there are pretty good matchups for their hitters as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. It's a great point. Uh, the Nationals. Just in the playoffs, their last four series are at Miami, home against the Mets, home against Miami, and then unfortunately at Colorado. But three great series in their last four. The Blue Jays have a um, – yeah, I was looking at this for Stroman purposes because I don't really trust him against the Yankees or the Red Sox. I don't know that there's anything conclusive here because he does get like the White Sox, the Rays, the Royals, the Marlins. Well. Oh. Did you see the rumor yesterday? He may never have to face the the Red Sox and the Yankees again. Well, that's not true, but maybe once a year. Sure. Uh, the Braves are are hot after Marcus Stroman. I would apparently. love for him to go. That would be NL. great. Yeah, that would be great. So that's all I got. I, I I was also looking at like trading Chris Archer if he stays with the Rays because he's I don't trust him at Yankee Stadium or at Fenway Park. But I didn't think there was enough there, and and I trust uh, Blake Snell in tough matchups. Maybe. We'll see. With we'll see comes back soreness. from the shoulder issue. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned. There, there are some guys that I wrote about in Waiver Wire earlier this week that I think could make big impacts relative to what their current value is in the second half, and it was not so much about matchups but what they've done lately. Michael Conforto is looking a lot more like last year Michael Conforto over the last couple of weeks. I think I'd be very interested, because he was still available last I looked in 35% of leagues. I'd be very interested in at least putting him on my bench and seeing if this is real. Uh, Carlos Rodon is a guy who has three good starts in a row, but the really weird thing about Carlos Rodon is he has been remarkable in the last two months of the season over his career. He's a 2.85 ERA when you combine August and September. So to recap, Bumgarner, Indian starting pitchers, to a much, 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 much lesser degree. Sonny Gray has a good upcoming schedule, but, you know, he's Sonny Gray. Michael Conforto, Carlos Rodon. These are guys that, that could uh, help you out down the stretch. The Rockies, depending on when your season ends. they got one more games coming up. Yeah, go ahead. In points leagues, as a reliever, Yanni Chirinos. Sure. He came back and had a good start against the Yankees. He's got an ERA under a four and a, a fifth that's even better than his ERA. And I was pretty encouraged that he was able to go six innings in his very first start back. All righty. News and notes. Noah Syndergaard expected back next week. Brandon Belt is on the DL. Evan Longoria is back. Steven Strasburg's MRI was clean. The Brewers called up Orlando Arcia. Any interest? No. He was really good at AAA Colorado Springs, but it's one of the best hitting environments, maybe the best, best hitting environment in baseball. Um I still believe there's talent here, but not based on what he's shown. He went 0 for 5 with 3Ks yesterday. Orlando Arcia. Ozzy Albies returned. Jake Lamb left with a shoulder contusion. Francisco Cervelli's back. You know, like a week or two ago, I read a report that they were considering no longer using Cervelli as a catcher because of the concussions, and now he's back. So that's great news. Joe Panic started a rehab assignment. Brian Johnson going back to the bullpen for the Red Sox as they added uh, Nate Evaldi. Javier Baez day-to-day with a bruised knee, and the Oakland A's are 27-7 and in their last 34 games. Here They're are – yep, yeah, yep, yeah, go on. Sorry, Chris. That's it. Oh, That's okay. it. They're good. And also, Nate Evaldi might move to the bullpen himself at some point. The Red Sox talked about that. Really? 
yeah, I I could find the quote, but there was there was uh, a mention that at some point he could be in the bullpen. Let's do this quickly here, guys. Um, two other guys from yesterday that don't fit in any categories. Well, one we already talked about, Avi Garcia. How about Zach Godley? What did you make of this start? Five and two-thirds, seven hits, four runs, one walk, six strikeouts at the Cubs. Zach Godley. That's the same I felt about Zach Godley for a while now. Almost good. Yeah, right? He was almost good. And I think there's a chance that he is good the rest of the way, but it's hard. It's really hard to trust him. Mm-hmm. Who are your favorites on this list of fringy starting pitchers? Anibal Sanchez, two starts next week. Kyle Gibson, one start. Steven Matz, one start. Nick Kingham got crushed yesterday. Bad week for rookie pitchers. Derek Rodriguez, great week for rookie pitchers. Uh, Trevor Cahill, Tyler Malley, Dan Straley. Anibal, Gibson, Matz, Kingham, D-Rod, Derek Rodriguez, Cahill, Malley, Straley. Gibson, and then a pretty big gap, and then... Sanchez and Mats. And then I'm not really that interested in anyone else. I guess I could still stash Kingham, but he's droppable. Gibson, D-Rod, and then Mats and Sanchez. Okay. Bullpen. Do you think there's a chance Corey Knable could lose his job? Because Jeremy Jeffords really has been amazing this year, and Knable has struggled. Last eight appearances, he's given up six earned runs on 13 hits. I guess it makes me wonder if he's not healthy. Um, but this is the risk in buying into relievers when they have one really good year is that, you know, it's starting to look like last year wasn't real well, and do, he's kind of turned back into, and I know he had the hamstring injury, but he's starting to sort of turn back into the guy he was before last year when he got a bunch of strikeouts, but just didn't do enough else. Well, uh, but do you think that, there's a reason to stash Jeremy Jeffress. I not in a rotisserie league, yes, because you can use his ratios anyway. I'm not stashing him somewhere like a points league. No. How about Brad Boxberger? He had eight scoreless appearances uh, going into this terrible outing yesterday. I'd eight. like to apologize to everyone for picking up Brad Boxberger. Yeah, I, I think he's probably going to keep the job. He's fine. <laughs> And for some reason, Sergio Romo did not get the save yesterday. He pitched in the seventh and the eighth. Austin Pruitt pitched one out in the eighth and then three in the ninth for a second save. They needed a uh, third baseman. <laughs> I wanted to read a couple of emails here. Andrew in Canada. Dear Wiggins, Luck, and McCutcheon. Those are Andrews. They are. You have convinced me that John Gray has ace potential. Would you be willing to drop any of these guys for John Gray? Marco Gonzalez, Gio Gonzalez, Shane Bieber, Walker Bueller, Jack Flaherty. Canadian Andrew, who is not, he may be Andrew Wiggins, should drop Gio Gonzalez for him. Anybody else, if he's available, I'd be fine dropping Shane Bieber or Gio Gonzalez for him. I, I think there's a chance John Gray is better than Marco Gonzalez, Walker Bueller. Probably not Jack Flaherty, but I wouldn't want to drop them. You probably have a worse pitcher than Marco Gonzalez. All right. And Doug from Atlanta owns Aaron Judge in a dynasty league, 16 teams. He's in second place. So given last night's news on Aaron Judge, some last place teams are offering me the following for him. I think this is really interesting in a dynasty league. Springer and Fam for Judge. Would you do that? Springer and Fam for his Aaron Judge. I might. I think Judge is better than George Springer. But I don't think it's a giant gap, and it's it may not be a Tommy Pham size gap. I'm trying. To, has Springer come around at all lately? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, maybe just a course field. Like if if it was George Springer, George Springer, then yeah, that's, I would do that because flags fly forever. But we don't have any reason to think he's not George Springer, George Springer, George Springer. Uh, yeah, we do. Why he his manager has talked about how banged up he sure. is. He's not been hitting the ball well. He's always banged up too. I, I'm just putting two and two together. Right, but the the peripherals look like what we want them to look like for George Springer. Uh, they aren't quite George Springer, George Springer peripherals. So They're pretty George Springer, George Springer. All right, peripheral. next he could give up Aaron Judge. Remember this is dynasty for Charlie Blackman and Ian Desmond. I would not do that one. Not in Dynasty, because nope. Blackman could fall off. And this one's juicy. Judge for Severino and Conforto. I I would not. 
I might rather have Severino than Judge in a dynasty. Yeah, game. that because he's a. I think Severino might be a more valuable fantasy player, uh, but he's a pitcher, so that's where it gets really risky. But if Conforto gets hot, that could be a championship-winning move. So I don't hate it. Okay, we've got uh, well, a quick look at the most added list to make sure I'm not missing anything here. Robert Gazelman is the most added player. He didn't even get the last save for the Mets. Yeah. Daniel Ponce de Leon is number two. Does he have a spot in the rotation? He's 26% owned. He doesn't have a, a spot so- secured, but one could open up. Kirby Yates is 60% owned. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. AJ Minter's 50% owned. And I... I think I'd rather have Minter. Yeah, right? That's what I was going to say. I'd rather have Minter than Yates. Heath? I think I'd rather have Yates. Uh, Mike Fires is on the most added list. He's 35% owned. We didn't add Mike Fires. Yeah, uh, we don't regret it. No. There's good old Garrett Hampson that Chris has been talking about, 14% owned. Uh, yeah, I think we pretty much covered it. Jace Fry, a lot of closers here. Robinson Cano, 59% owned. Should we be stashing Robinson Cano? That's fine. Yeah. He's due back next month, right? Uh, he's going to play every day and what was it? An 80 game suspension? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Cano's last game was on May 13th. So yeah. Oh, okay. I would say, so just 80 games from then. <laughs> uh, so well, let's say three months from then. Mid- I would say that sounds August, like mid August 10th ish. For Robinson Cano. Sorry, I you don't know. You should be stashing him. Oh, August 14th. August 14th. There you go. Yeah, he's 59% owned. He's going to play every day when he gets back. So um, that's a good idea. And here we go. Two-star pitchers for Fantasy Week. What was it again? 19. 19. 19. Oh, that's for crazy. all of us. It's not different for anyone else. Nobody's right. in Week 18 or 17 or 20 this week. <laughs> Uh, David Price has two starts at home against the Phillies and the Yankees. We know what happens to him when he faces the Yankees. You start him. I am going to use David Price as the barometer from this point forward. Okay. We've got, let's see, Jack Flaherty against Colorado and at Pittsburgh. Start Jack Flaherty over David Price. Robbie Ray, Texas and San Francisco. Yeah, I'll start him. I'd rather start Robbie Ray than David Price. Danny Duffy at the White Sox and at the Twins. One of those starts will be after the All-Star break. Or maybe both. I think both will be after the All-Star break for sure. I mean, the All-Star break's already The trade deadline. Oh, yes. Um, start I him. would rather start Danny Duffy than David Price. Wow. <laughs> don't forget, the Yankees don't have Sanchez or Judge. Yeah. The Phillies are really good too. So Julio Tehran, Miami and at the Mets. I would rather start Chris Towers than Julio Tehran. With those matchups? And with, with how slow Chris is? I might be able to hit 60 miles per hour on the, on the stack cast. <laughs> no. No chance you can throw a ball. I think there I is zero percent. I think chance. I can. I don't think you know how hard it is to throw a baseball 60 I miles per hour. I think I can hour. do it. No chance. I've done it before. I believe that. Off a mound. Yeah, I believe that. Or I've done it off flat ground. So. We have talked about Anibal Sanchez being a, a good start. James Paxson coming off the DL, no uh, no issues. Houston and Toronto. I'm not going to say no issues. I'm nervous about it, but um, I'm starting him. Yep. Tyler Anderson at St. Louis and at Milwaukee. I'll start him. Yeah. And same matchups for John Gray. Yep. Yep. Freddie Peralta at the Dodgers, home against Colorado. I'll start him. I'm I know nervous. It's been I'm very rough nervous, lately, but. Very nervous. Sure. Heath, what do you think? I'm, I'm going to lean no on Peralta. I'll put him behind David Price, but I could see starting him in a points lead. Shane Bieber over Peralta? No. No. Wow, okay. Walker Bueller over Peralta? Yes. Yep. We like Tanner Roark, Mets and Reds. I mean, yep. it should be noted that Tanner Roark has basically been terrible until his last start. So Yeah, but I love the matchups. Uh, Are the Reds a good matchup? Without Winker. Potentially without Shebler. Without, yeah. That's true. If they don't have Shebler too. Yeah, but then again, I mean, Ejo Hino Suarez is legitimately amazing. They do have like one of the worst number three hitters in baseball in Joey Votto. 
So just wanted to get Chris angry there. We've got Irvin Santana, Cleveland and Kansas City. He's eh. And then after that, it's Dan Straley, Edwin Jackson, James Shields, Matt Boyd, Eric Lauer, Ryan Barucki. So I do want to point out Matt Boyd. Um, his velocity is up over the last couple of starts. I think last night was – or. His most recent start was the hardest he's thrown all year. Uh, he's getting a few more swinging strikes. So something to keep in mind, I don't – the matchups are middling next week, Cincinnati and at Oakland. So in a deeper league, I think he's worth a flyer. Matt Boyd. And pay no attention to Luis Sessa. He will not be making two starts because they have Jay Happ now. And that's all I've got to say about that. I wanted to grade some trades because we're getting, we're getting so many grade the trades and we don't read enough of them. So let's do it. This is from Jack. Hey, Lloyd, Glover, and Danza. Tony Danza, Danny Glover. Is Tony Glover a thing? Is Tony Tony Lloyd a thing? Chris Adam? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't either. 12-team, lots of categories. Give up Lester and Castellanos. Get Charlie Blackman. A, uh, mi- A minus. Ah, B, B plus. B plus. Oh, that's the cast of Angels in the Outfield. Oh. Wait, who's Lloyd? Christopher Lloyd. He's in it? Oh, yeah, of course he's, he's the in head it. angel. Oh, by the way, it. A on that trade. From Felix, Dynasty League, 18 Dynasty. All right, a lot of names here. Get, this is, ooh, juicy. Give up Muncie, Chris Bryant, and Schwarber. Muncie, Bryant, and Schwarber. Get back Bregman, Dozier, and Trey Turner. C plus? A B? B. B. B minus. This is from... John. Kevin, dear Kevin, Buzz, and Uncle Frank. How are we on to that one? Home Alone. 12-team head-to-head categories league. I give you Darvish, I get Gary Sanchez. A. Yep. Gray the trade from Trent in Dallas. 10-team league, Segura is killing me at shortstop. I traded Corey Kluber for Francisco Lindor. B+. plus. I think it's an A trade. I don't know why Gene Segura is killing you at shortstop. Yeah, I think he's been a little cold lately. Yeah, July hasn't been good, but Segura's had a nice year. He's good. He's a good player. How is Kluber for Lindor an A trade? Uh, Francisco Lindor might need to be a top six pick next year. Right, that, that means it's like a B trade. There are real concerns about Corey Kluber right now. We I, talked about this a couple days ago. And like he might he might still be a very good starting pitcher, but there's a chance that he's more the twenty sixteen version that Adam Azer famously said is not an ace. He's good. Um He is good. But like if Francisco Lindor, who over the last calendar year has forty two home runs and twenty nine stolen bases and like 138 runs and 110 RBI. Just an A, an A, an A is like a ripoff. All right, uh, Corey Kluber. No, is... that's by your chart. That's that's your Adam Azer way of thinking. Wait, no, I, I, I wasn't able to trade <laughs> no. Danny Duffy for Luis Severino. It can't be an A. Hey, no, no, no. Look, okay, C there, is average. All right, uh, are... uh, come on, let's let's uh, finish the show here. All right, let's finish the show. And take a look at today's matchups. Chris Archer and Andrew Kashner. Start Archer. Start Archer. Jason Vargas at Ivan Nova. Start Nova. I think I'd start Nova. Brad Keller at CC Sabathia. Nova. I'd start Sabathia. Start Sabathia. Nick Pavetta at, at Anthony DiSclefani. Start Pavetta. Yep. Carlos Carrasco at Mike Fires. Start Carlos Carrasco. Yep. Max Scherzer at Pablo Lopez. Start Max Scherzer. Yep. Lance Lynn at Chris Sale. Start Chris Sale. Clayton Kershaw at Mike Fultonevich. Start both. <sighs> All right, Fulty. You got yeah, it. I'm not starting Fulty. Marcus yes, Stroman. Yes, you are. I am not starting <laughs> yes, Fulty. Yes, you are. He's given up 15 runs in his last three You've starts. You've given up 15 runs in your last three starts. Marcus Stroman at Reynaldo Lopez. I'll start Marcus Stroman. Yep. Giovanni Gallardo at Dallas Keuchel. Start Keuchel. Yep. Mike Montgomery at Luke Weaver. I'll start Montgomery. I will not. Shaw Manaya at Kyle Freeland. I will start neither of them. I will not either. Wade LeBlanc at Andrew Heaney. I will start Heaney. Wade LeBlanc's so weird. I'll start Heaney. Zach Greinke at Luis Perdomo. 
I will start Zach Greinke. I will too. Are we going to get the first game today where we're both, where everybody's starting both starting pitchers? Uh, Chase Anderson at Madison Bumgarner. I don't love starting Chase Anderson, but it's a good place to pitch. So I'm, yeah, let's go out on a limb. Start them both. How about that? That's uh, today's matches. I'm sorry we didn't get to weekend streamers. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll come back on Monday to recap the weekend for Heath Cummings and Chris Towers. I'm Adam Azer. See you later.